Tonight, we got the godfather of Naked and Afraid himself, EJ Snyder. Stay tuned. Talking Junk Network, where entertainment lives. Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm your host, Jason Melendez. Live now every week on Friday. Talking Junk. A multitude of professionals in different aspects, different walks of life. You have to come on and talk junk like a normal person. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Dizzle, the premium luxury liqueur straight out of California. Get yours now. Go to dizzlebrand.com and see which distributor ships straight to your house. It is amazing. It is a 80-proof liqueur, mango mixture with cognac and tequila, little hints of citrus in there. This thing mixes with everything. Be sure to go get yours now. And we are also sponsored tonight by... Heaven's Pantry's Excalibur, the only 100% vegan chocolate energy bar that tastes just like a brownie. You cannot go wrong with this. You can get a couple of hours of energy off of this, and I, I'm sure our guests would uh, concur that in the wild, when you're on, on your survival mode, you need stuff like this. Six simple ingredients, dates, cashews, almonds, cocoa powder, coconut oil, sprinkled with a little bit of sea salt, makes for the perfect brownie, 100% vegan. Go to Amazon now and use the promo code HPStreet to get 20% off your first order. And then talk junk 69 to get 10% off every order after. Welcome to Talking Junk, the podcast that comes to you live every Friday night. I'm your host, Jason Melendez, and we have a wonderful guest for you tonight. I'm not going to uh, diddly-daddle and uh, do all the spiel like I usually do. This man uh, deserves a bigger introduction than I can give him. He's been on multiple survival shows. He's an Army veteran. He is the one and only... EJ Snyder. How you doing tonight, EJ? Hey, what's going on, Jason? Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody out there, what's going on? Hopefully, everyone's going to start off their weekend proper in a safe manner, grabbing your favorite beverage. Toast up to America. Because you know yeah. what? Even in all our troubles, we're the best you still got out there. And I can testify to that because I've seen a lot of this world. Oh, Yeah. Oh, You've seen most of it. We've seen you see some of it, just just a portion of it. Yeah, and some of it I did it naked, uh, out there just uh, <laughs> walking around with my derriere hanging out and sometimes trying to tear off my testicles doing it. Oh, man, that that when you impaled yourself, that was the uh, – oof, I felt it over here. Yeah, I think everybody, when they – and every time you replay it, I think every man on the, on the globe grabs their grabs – their, uh, family jewels and praise that that never happens to them and uh, trust me that's not something you want to repeat <laughs> now I'm, I'm sure i'm sorry there was a little bit of a delay there i'm, I'm sure that wasn't the worst but it, it it ranks up there it's probably top five yeah for me it was just like business as usual like I'm, i've always been a clutch in my life and always something's gonna happen i'm gonna fall over, bump my head, scrape, be bleeding somewhere, scraped up. I just kind of rough and tumble through it. And uh, when that happened, it was like, no way, not on day 27. I got, I still got, I'm, I still half, I'm not even at halfway point. And um, I'm like, is this the way I go out? This cannot be. And um, <laughs> yeah, once I went around the backside and took a look for myself and assessed the situation, I said, okay, we can do this. And uh, well, then that's when I revealed what happened to everybody. And then it was like, oh, Oof. get the stitches. Let's go. Oh, no, we don't have time for painkillers. Sun's going down. 
start stitching because we got to get firewood. Oh, yeah. You got something to eat. You got to get something. Yeah, uh, no, that night was going to get very cold. And uh, I didn't have a stick of firewood already. I didn't have a stick collected up. I was by myself. And there's no way I wanted to be cold that night. That was my biggest fear. Um, right. It was getting cold. So I made sure. Lickety split. Let's stitch this up. Let me go get some firewood for the night because I'm going to have to keep the boys warm. And uh, that's what I did. As soon as they got done stitching, I'm like, we good? Fine. Off I went to go get firewood because nobody else was going to get it for me. Now, growing up in Jersey, could you uh, even imagine your life being what it is today? No, I even tell everybody back uh, home, like a lot of my classmates from high school, and they're like, hey, you know, Jersey, you know, Jersey toy, hey, EJ, hey, how the heck do you do this stuff? Huh? When you grew up as a kid, you know, and I was a hooligan, you know, I was a street guy, and um but what the, a lot of people didn't know is, like, my my biological father, uh, when he would have us on the weekends, me and my kid brother, because my parents divorced when I was pretty young, he would take us out hunting and fishing and trapping, camping, and the outdoors was his sanctuary, and I really fell in love with it. And I always felt I belonged out there. And so when I went in the Army uh, and I went in as an infantryman, you know, it really uh, played well to me to be outside all the time. And I was doing a lot of that. Then I went to ranger school in 1988 and in the ranger handbook. And when you went to each phase of ranger school, you go through four phases. Uh, you do uh, a woodlands and city phase down in uh, Georgia, down in uh, Fort Benning. And then you go off to the mountains of the North Georgia mountains and you do mountain phase then you go to Florida for the swamp phase. And then you finished up in the desert out in Utah at the time. And uh, in that book, everywhere we went, we got a little taste of survival for that environment. And then when I was on patrol and we're staying up real late, you know, and getting smoked, I would read that book and I would read the survival section over and over again because it was so interesting. It would keep me awake so I wouldn't get in trouble. And uh, then later on, I became a ranger instructor in 95 in the swamps of Florida. And they made me the primary survival and tracking instructor. So they sent me to tracking school. And then I went to the Army SEER school, which is the Army Survival School. And then I was hooked. And it became a passion for my life. And at that time, we were approaching uh, Y2K, year 2000. All hell was going to break loose. So I wanted to make sure I was the best on the planet to survive and be the, the most badass survivors on the planet. That was my intentions. That was my goal from that point. I'm not going to say it. In year 2000, that was me, but I was pushing towards it. And then when I retired from the Army, um, I got into some acting and TV and stunt work. And then um, I was teaching survival as a contractor at the Special Warfare Center to Green Berets. And uh, all of a sudden, my world crossed over. Discovery found me, recruited me to try out for dual survival, picked another guy over me, and they said, hey, we'll call you. And then they called me about a really brand new crazy survival show they wanted me to film the pilot because i had the best survival skills they had got from somebody that they had found in a long time and lo and behold uh this january will be 10 years from that day that me and kelly nightlinger stepped out into the uh serengeti plains in tanzania and history was made and so i filmed the pilot episode none of us knowing what we were doing had no idea that i would be part of history with 15 seasons of regular naked afraid, so many little specials in between, and I think we're on nine or ten XLs, uh, and still wow. 2.6 million viewers in all that time. I mean, it's crazy. It is a crazy ride. It, it sure is a crazy show. Now, uh, circling back just a second, uh, you you fought in the Gulf and Iraqi War, so you're a seasoned veteran. Yes, I fought, fought no, in two I, wars. I'm a highly decorated veteran. Uh, I was 24 years old when I went to my first uh, went to my first uh, war, which was the 1991 Gulf War, uh, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm. I was with the 82nd Airborne. We were called to go in first to draw the line in the sand against Saddam Hussein and his horde of Iraqi fighters. And uh, I was the youngest platoon sergeant at 24 years old in that division and uh, had only been in the army maybe uh, six years or so. And then uh, 
and I stayed in the Army for a total of 25 years. And the last time I went, I deployed in 2004 for 15 months to northern Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom. We were in the second phase of that campaign. <clears throat> and a pretty big gunfight. I was By that time, I was a sergeant major. So that's the highest enlisted rank you can obtain. And uh, fought fought that war with my with my guys up there in northern Iraq. And it was... Uh, you know, it was, it, it was a, an experience, and the military taught me a lot. I loved every minute of it, and, um, you know, it, it helped mold me and shape me in life because I was a poor kid in Jersey. I'm living proof if you want to – if you have a dream, you don't give up on it. You chase that dream to the point of I always wanted to be on TV since I was a young kid. The reason I joined the Army was my mom said, oh, you'll never make it. You'll starve to death. You can't I – can't, I won't allow it. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. So I went in the army to just get some money for college and figure out my life, and it just seemed to fit me, and I stayed there. and uh, And I was I, I was a senior leader. I, I was in the foxhole, probably all but maybe two years out of twenty five years, where I was, you know, leading from the front. I was in your face, lead by example kind of leader. And um, you know, I, I'm grateful for that time, and and now I'm on the next chapter of my life, and you know, here I am. Um, you know, 206 days of naked survival, six challenges, no taps, never, ever thought of it. Uh, they kind of made it out like my last one was my retirement, but they've already asked me back twice. Uh, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's one more battle in me. Uh, okay. I didn't fare so well on my last one as far as I would have loved to. You know, I showed up to help. That was what was required and did right. my 43 days. You know, but I, I didn't get to bring in the item I wanted. Everyone, you know, Matt, Jeff, they got their items, and that was fine. I love those two guys. Everybody knows how I feel about Jeff. And Matt's the one guy I've always wanted to journey with. And, man, is that guy good with his bow. And he's the – he is just amazing to watch in person. It's, it's, if I didn't see it with my own eyes, I'd swear we were doing uh, CGI on that guy. He is an incredible person, incredible human being, great – one of the best survivalists that you, that you ever find out there. Uh, and he's very humble. And – um but, you know, I got out there and I, they gave me a, a Cayman spear to go out there with because uh, I have no problem sticking a gator, but Cayman act way different than gator. So right. uh, it really wasn't a useful item. And then uh, Tim Phillips left a blow dart gun behind, which I've never touched in my life and thought, <laughs> well, this will at least give me some distance. Maybe I can make it work. I don't know. It's, it's pretty crazy looking. It's kind of interesting. And what a steep learning curve trying to hunt with that thing. Probably the hardest weapon to hunt with on the planet. In the Amazon. And so, uh, you know, so off I went, tried to do my best, try, try to keep the team together and provide for my team. So it was really frustrating. And then uh, I was, wasn't dealing with the heat really well for the first time in my, in my life and really didn't understand why until I got back out. And then that's when I discovered I had a heat intolerance and, and, and pretty much a cold intolerance because I have hypothyroidism. And uh, I wound up with a gluten allergy and, and I was just catching hell out there with, through that stuff. It's, no excuses for me. You know, I, I was out there. I chipped up. I was, I was hurting, but I tried not to be a burden to anybody. I tried to, you know, pull my own and do my best. So I would like one more shot out there just to, you know, now that I'm in, I got everything under, under control and had been on medication for it and everything and feeling a lot better. Um, you know, I'd like to get back out there just one more time and uh, give it one more go. And, uh, but if that was it, that was it. I mean, what a great group of folks to pass things on to. I mean, Waz and Dan were just amazing. I love that kid, Dan. He, he brought me to the tree, and I I didn't even think we were in the same spot where I was eight years earlier because I went to that same spot eight years prior. A lot of people forget that. But me and Laura Zara went to the Amazon uh, in season two when three people quit the Amazon. So the Amazon right, right there. You know, we had 19 people go out there. I went out there twice to that same location, and only me and Laura made it out of there, and then this time only six of us. So that, that place claims The Amazon sure does claim it victims. Oh, it, it does, sure does. It claims it very quickly. So, you know, Jen one. and Trish made it uh, their 40 days. Hats off to them. And then we had the other, you know, me and the other five made it out of there. So if you count all those people to make it out of that Amazon – that's uh, seven, me and Laura, eight, nine. Now, Trish nine is currently doing Frozen, 20. right? What's that? Trish is currently doing Frozen? 
Uh, she did Frozen. Yeah, Trish did Frozen. Uh, people give Trish a little bit of a bad rap. Uh, her and Amber didn't quite get along so well. And um, there was a bit of drama there on, on some of that. Um, me personally, I would have handled that situation obviously way different because of the way I have uh, a certain rapport with people. And if I'm not getting along with them, if you're going to be in a shelter talking shit about me, uh, I'm going to put my big frame in the doorway and say, uh, come again. Cause I'm going to call you out right there on the spot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk away and, and not deal with it, but you know, everybody's different. And when, when you hear some harsh things about you sometime, you know, Amber felt best to, to just walk away and try and deal with it uh, another day. But in the end, you know, uh, Trish is a really good survivalist. Everybody that goes out and tries and attempts this thing, they got to have your hats off to them. I mean, some people get in over their head. They don't make it. Um, I work with casting. I interview everybody. I probably interviewed 97% of the cast that's ever been casted. Since season three, I've been doing the interviews with casting, screening people to see do they have the skills, do they have the mental fortitude, the physical prowess to go out there and give it a shot. And, and now this is why you're the godfather. Day, buddy? And this is why you're the godfather of Naked and Afraid. Oh, thanks, man. But, you know, I take it very serious. This is no joke. It is People say, oh, it's scripted. The producers help. Uh, bull cocky. That doesn't go on. I mean, you can um, tell from the dramatic on. weight loss. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's the most real challenge you're going to face. And, um, yeah, alone is a great another challenge in, in survival world. Uh, and they go through different things, but they get 20 items and clothes. Guess what I would do with 20 items and clothes? I'd be out there for a freaking year. They'd have to pull me in, right? But to go out there and everyone right. says, why naked? Why naked? Well, clothing's your first layer of shelter physically. You take that away. And now you also take away a psychological layer of shelter. You know, you bear it to the world. You're, all your inadequacies or all your pride and joys out there for everyone to see. And I'm sure um, every every article of clothing can be used as a different material, a different item in yeah. a survival situation. Yeah, and so uh, and it's a, and it's amazing, you know, experiment on seeing uh, the human spirit and what they can handle. And so I go through these people, and you know, I'll prove some for a fan episode, some for twenty one days, and there's a lot that I'll prove for twenty one days that have no business until they get more training going for 40 days. You, you can kind of tough it out three weeks by the laws of three. Right. But you can't do that for 40 days or more. You have to have some kind of skill set uh, to really be a part of a team out there and make it happen. Right. Now, you've done a couple of other shows also. Um, you did uh, Dual Survivalist with, uh, with Jeff afterwards. Yep. Um, I see Jeff, uh, he has a new show coming out and Matt is currently working on funding for a show that he's, uh, trying to bring to light. Who's Do this? Have, uh, Jeff, I've seen on his Instagram, he currently has a show coming out with, I believe with discovery and, oh. uh, Matt's trying to do his thing, trying to get funding for a show that he's trying to do. Do you see a, a, a solo show for you in the future? Well, uh, you know, TV is very funny, very fickle. You think you have the right idea. Someone's already pitched it or tried it or whatever. And I'm always open to doing something. Uh, and I've had, a, I've been on a lot of slates. I hosted a show called Mount Masters. I was on first man out. Uh, I've been blessed uh, to do a lot of TV. Um, but with that, uh, yeah, there's Stevens out there trying to fund a show and that's great. Doesn't mean it's going to get to, to series. And, you know, I love all those guys. I love everybody, and I wish them all the best. But to carry your own show by yourself, it, it, it's very difficult. You don't see a lot of single hosts anymore. You see a lot of shows where they're pairing people up, man and a woman, uh, doing teams. They love those ensemble things now. And right. seems to be the flavor of the day. So I'm doing a lot of things on my own website, ejsnyder.com. So if you haven't, Gone to my website and sign up with your email so you get all the updates, the blogs, the newsletters, all the, the special sales I have going on. Get over there. Uh, we've got the ultimate bug-in and home defense film, which is, uh, as we learned through the pandemic, 95% of the world is just going to bug in. 
they're not bugging out anywhere. And that's a great two tutorial for you to get ready for bad days ahead. So this is what I'm empowered to do is get my website, offer training, speaking engagements, appearances. I do campfire chats to sell gear. Uh, like I've got anything you want in terms of a uh, survival gear, bug out bags, uh, survival kits. So we're actually getting ready to increase that by, by five, what we have there already. But then we have the videos. So you got the videos for learning, which you were seeing there a little while ago here. Right here is my um, survival skills series that I filmed during the summer of COVID 2020. 11 videos all in one package where you can get it for streaming in little pieces. But I get all my basics out there to you like I teach in my basics class. I got three shelter videos in there. One fire, one water, one food. Then I do two video part video on tips, hacks, and tricks of the trade. A two-part series on the tools of the trade, show you how to use the tools of survival and whatnot. And then we finish it up with a knife only, where I go out with just a knife, put myself in a scenario, spend uh, like three or four days out there, and get to rescue. Um, and so that's a great series, and that's there. And we're getting ready to turn the ultimate bug in home defense film into a book. I'm meeting with Pegwood Publishing to get that going. Uh, but my thing now, as I'm getting, uh, uh, I have some uh, investors coming in to sponsor EJ Snyder. And I want to, my YouTube channel right now is Survive with EJ. So if you haven't subscribed over there, Survive with EJ over at YouTube, get to my page. And when you get there, uh, go ahead and sign up, subscribe. I, I was hacked. I used to have over 100,000 subscribers. I lost them all because I got hacked. They deleted my channel or whatever they did to it. So I'm rebuilding. But in the in, in this spring, I'm getting ready to do a survival series with Mr. Beast. And you're not going to want to miss it because Mr. Beast, man, he's the biggest thing on YouTube. Great young guy. Jimmy's doing amazing things. He's a philanthropist. He's very, very uh, generous with his money. But we're going to do a survival series of seven videos with him. But my YouTube channel is getting ready to blow up with that. And we're putting money into it. And what I'm going to start doing is doing these little videos. Survival, uh, the edge of survival. And, like, I'm going to do stuff like me and Jeff go out there. We'll call it Double Edge. And me and Jeff will, will do it right there. We're probably going to put it on my YouTube channel as a series for you to watch. We're going to do it either 30 minutes to 60 minutes, but it's going to be a whole episode, just like Dual Survival, something similar, where we go out, we get a survival thing, and you get the whole bang, bang, boom with me and Jeff like you like so much. And all the yelling, too. Yeah. And so yeah. it's going to be huge. And this will get you a place to go. And we're going to be able to put, produce, you know, I want to try and put uh, one of these out every two weeks. And we're going to have a really good camera crew, top notch, top of the line, sound, everything, have professional editors with music, the whole works, and put it together. So I love TV. It's a great medium to get the message out. But my website and YouTube and TikTok and all my social medias, I mean, you can go over to my website, get all my social media links. But most of them, if you look me up on Twitter and Instagram, it's at EJ Snyder 333, uh, EJ Snyder, blue checked on all of them. But EJ Snyder over at uh, Facebook, uh, that's my fan page. And then on TikTok, it's at EJ Snyder 333 as well. Uh, but we're going to put out so much great survival content, teaching you how to get ready for bad days ahead. I uh, just did people talk about, oh, I can't, uh, oh, I can't, can't afford a survival kit. And I went to a dollar store and built the dollar store survival kit for like 30 bucks. And I talk about how you can even get it cheaper and more stuff in that. And that video is coming out next week with my blog. So make sure you sign up at djsnyder.com. And I just did an EEC because we got crime is rampant throughout the country right now. Yes, it is. People are getting mugged in subways. You're taking your kid to school, getting shot. It's getting ready so to get crazy I, in Chicago. Yes. Oh, my God. It's it's horrible. And I want everyone to be safe. So now just going out your door is a survival situation. So I talk about everything outside of a firearm that you, that you could possibly carry. Just I give you some suggestions to – you know, keep yourself, give yourself a fighting chance, not be a victim. And uh, I want everybody to be okay. So this is really important to me. Uh, I've been starting to be a regular. I've, I've been a regular on a lot of news networks like CNN, MSNBC, GMA. But recently I've been on Fox a lot with Dan Bongino and, the, and his show Unfiltered, as well as Kennedy on Kennedy Nation and uh, Fox Business News. 
and now I'm 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 getting ready to be a regular for all anything about survival and, and, and bad days and, and natural disasters. Uh, I'm going to be on a lot of segments coming up. So it's just getting the word out there, and and it's about teaching the everyday Joe or Joan how to take care of themselves and their loved ones. And so I've re-engaged myself. I'm really I'm reinvesting. I've revamped my entire website's brand new since uh, January of this year. And, um, you know, I love TV, but with my website and my YouTube channel, I'm the boss. I get to give you the content that you want to see, and you still get the EJ flair. It's just like if you get this video off my website, I'm going to teach you survival. But you're going to get all EJ's humor, all EJ's quirks, all the fun and fun and all that stuff that goes with it. And that's just how I live life. My ultimate bug in films the same way. And, um, you know, it, it, we're getting ready to uh, do one book with this company, but probably several. So a lot of great things coming up. And uh, did I tell you something? I'm building a pickle company. That's right. Who would have thought EJ Snyder would be involved with pickles? So uh, I'm partnered with two other veterans. Uh, we're all disabled vets. Uh, we're going to make a patriotic-themed pickle. Red, white, blue labels the whole bit. Gonna look like a fireworks stand when you see us, and these are the best tasting pickles on the planet. I love eating pickles. I've always loved them. They're, I love getting those gourmet pickles. You know, anywhere you can get them at the delis. Well, my friend's uh, got his grandma's old world recipe. Oh, it's um, it, it literally is the best pickle I've ever tasted. I got so one question. Have, what's that? I got one question about the pickles. Are go, they go. cold cured or are they heat cured? Say that one more time. Are they cold cured or are they heat cured? Heat cured. They're going to be heat cured. heat cured. But I'm not saying that we're not going to do cold pickles too. We're going to do everything with the pickle. You know, put it in a jar, put it in a plastic container, refrigerate it, not refrigerate it. We're going to be everywhere. We're taking we, – we got our, our mascot is Sergeant Pickle Crusher, a World War II-looking paratrooper pickle with a hot pickle chomping out of his mouth, not a cigar, and his pickle gun. And we're going to take over every picnic in this country, every refrigerator, one pickle crunch at a time, and it's going to be amazing. We our, our hot pickles are called Firework Frenzy. We got our Patriot Dill uh, Dill pickles, which are our Patriot uh, Dill missiles, and so we got all the line figured out. We're going to do. You know, how everybody likes pickle backs at the bars. Right. We got pickle blast because when you you get our juice in your mouth, there's like explosion going on there. You're going to full of flavor. <laughs> it's going to be an unbelievable adventure. And pickle pouches in every gas station. So we've got this thing figured out. We're just waiting for the investors to close on us. And pretty soon, Sergeant Pickle Crusher and his army are going to come see you with all the pickles out there. And uh, what we're going to do is give a lot of the money back to veteran causes. And we have a plan at every one of our um, canneries and farms is we're going to get homeless veterans and veterans in need, bring them in house them, give them a job, give them a purpose and profit share and take care of them. Wow. Give them a new purpose in life. And uh, we, so that's the that's the, the long-term goal. Well, when you guys get your pickle empire up and running, I'd love to have you and your partners on to talk about your cause. That's an amazing cause. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's, it's a dream. It was my partner's dreams and then they didn't know how to quite make it realize. And, um, you know, I'm an idea guy. I'm a creation man. I'm a force to be reckoned with. They called me the skull crusher uh, from my fighting days. And as I kept that persona, people knew, you know, skull crusher going to come kick your door and don't tell him no. He won't take no for an answer. So uh, now I'm going to crush some pickles and crush some other things. But, um, you know, I, I'm just driven in life and, and, and watching dreams come true. And I'm living proof again of, of, of a little boy that wanted to be on TV and be an actor and whatever right in front of you. And I'm 56, and I'm not done yet. So, Hey, you, you look good for your age, man. You're, you're doing things that 56-year-olds nowadays won't even have the courage to do. So my, my hat's off to you, and I, I hope to see you on many more uh, – Naked and Afraids or whatever venture, uh, television-wise, YouTube-wise, that you you choose to do. And yeah. if you guys are on location uh, and you guys decide to come to Florida, let me know. Take a novice with you. We're at Florida.
sorry, it delayed a little bit. I am in Sanford, so I'm I'm not too far from Orlando, but oh. it's only a car ride away. So wherever yeah. you guys are, well, we we are it. we are starting our first farm in Citra, Florida. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, and uh, we we're gonna be in every gas station in Florida. We got a connection uh, down there, so it's gonna be pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we're we're really excited about that. It's uh, gonna be a big thing. And like I said, uh, if they call me, I will come. They know that uh, I've been called twice now uh, for naked afraid. I've all you know, I got six challenges, no taps, two hundred six days, and twice and both times for the Amazon. I got a phone call in the middle of the night and said, hey, we need you. And I went and I dropped everything in life and headed out the door to go help. When people people are in trouble or somebody says it can't be done, uh, I come. And, um, you know, I'm a guaranteed poker chip. Shit, I almost tore my balls off and I stayed anyway. So um, I, yeah, I, we they know that. that off screen and that was a who. And I'm. I'm not ranked the number one survivalist of a hundred known survivors in the world for nothing. Home, so I could imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ranked the number one survivalist in the world out of a hundred known survivors for nothing. I mean, my skill set is broad; it's real world, and my skills are many. And there are there's eight pillars, not counting leadership and and uh, teamwork, uh, of survival. And every one of those pillars is just as important as the next. And a lot of people put way too much emphasis on food. Food's important. It fuels you. Yes, sir. But, you know, if food does you no good, if you can't cook it with fire, right. uh, fire you don't get a good night's sleep and in uh, a warm shelter, keeping your body core temperature in check, you're not going to go out hunting. Uh, you need water to be able to go out there and, and just do all the tasks that go on with survival. So a lot of the non-glorious tasks still have to be done and somebody has to do them. And, uh, you know, and then there's communication, navigation, and, you know, you need a good raft to get you home. And, uh, you know, all those things, medical health is, is important. And uh, all those dynamics, teamwork and leadership, like I said, is a pillar. Um, and so having good morale, keeping people in the fight, you know, people, they get lonely. We all get lonely out there. They get up, they're missing a family, they're missing their kids, they're missing a birthday or something. And yeah, right. I was in the military. It doesn't make it any easier. Those days are special. But I understood how to kind of deal with that because I've been through it for so many years. But I remember sitting there and me and Max were, it was about to be Thanksgiving and we're in the swamps. He had never missed a Thanksgiving with his family. And he's a younger guy, but he was like 30 something. But he had never been away from his family for Thanksgiving. That was the first time. He was so down. And I was, and he would ask me, how do you deal with it? And I was like, you just got to find something else to pick you up about it. And now your family is who's with you. And so I was like, man, it's you and me, brother. We in this for the fight together, man. And um, he, Max was great, man. He, he saved us some gator ribs for Thanksgiving. And I'm glad he was so disciplined with saving the keeping the jerky away from me because I got no discipline. I I, I, <laughs> I look at a, a thing of jerky like it's a cookie jar. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I do the same thing. I got I got my daughters the same way. They they'll tear up a bag of jerky in minutes. Now I know you're you're a very busy man. You got a lot of things you're working on. I don't want to keep you too long. So oh no, we gonna... got we got we go another 10, 15 minutes because we got started a little late because this guy's not good with electronics. <laughs> hey, it happens, man. We are, we, we are no stranger on this show to technical difficulties. Now, um, you said uh, you're going to start your, your survival videos on YouTube. Where are, are, are you planning to film those? Are you going to be on location? Or are you going to do it in one isolated place? Well, we're going to go over to uh, any kind of uh, exotic location we can find. Because when I get my investors who uh, I'm hoping to have good word on that next week, everyone, prayers up, fingers crossed, toes crossed, uh, that this happens to God's ears. Uh, but when I get that money, now I'm not going to have to really uh, hustle so much to have to. I go to a lot of knife shows, a lot of gun shows, uh, you know, state fairs. I do appearances. That's how I help keep these lights on, you know. So right. I've got to, you know, if I get this money now, I don't, I'm not. I'm not, you know, burdened to do that. It frees me up. I want to go film in Alaska. I want to go film in Idaho, Wyoming, 
I want to go out to Arizona desert. I want to go to exotic locations and film some stuff that are meaningful in real locations that, you know, not just in someone's backyard teaching you how to do a bow drill. I want to get out there just like we did on dual survival and get out in the wild and just show you how these real skills work in a scenario. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. I want to get out there, get in the areas I'm working on. Um, I'm already in talks with several famous people to go out with me, uh, not just Jeff, but other people that are not really survivalists and kind of do almost like what Bear Grylls does, not really to take his idea, but bring them out there and um, get them in the field and get them in the, in the survival yourself as well and film that. And we'll have that because that's very interesting, seeing regular people out there and what they're going through. And like I said, I'm going to have a professional camera team with me, whole real full up crew. And we're gonna and we're gonna do it right. So it, it, when we when you get it, you're gonna be watching a professional piece of work. Um, I'm trying. I was trying to get a documentary going, and we, we we came up short. And it was called Surviving the Border. And we were gonna go down into Eagle Pass, Texas. And um, we were we have a, a former DEA agent, or he was Border Patrol. He was gonna tell the side of the story of this side of the United States. And then he had connections on the other side of the border. And then he would go there and talk about that side, you know, the Mexican side and what they're dealing with, the authorities, maybe some of the talk to some coyotes, you know, fit, you know, blurred out, whatever. Right. And then I was going to embed and be like a, a person and tell the human side of it and, and the survival side of it of what makes a person leave everything they've known in life spend their life savings and then owe money somewhere to the tune of 15, 20, $25,000 to come to our country. We know why this is the greatest thing going, right? Right. This should be done legally. But what I want to show is how people are out there in the harsh conditions of what they're braving, the heat, the dehydration, where they get their supplies. How do they live? How do they survive? That's what I want to find out and share. And then also say, well, they're doing it this way. Here's a way they could do it better and, 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 and get through it. And it's like they're crossing these rivers and drowning. And there's better right. ways to cross a water obstacle, which is part of a survival. It's one of the tenets of survival is navigation. doesn't mean just holding the compass and looking at the sun and stars and figuring out where you're going. It's obstacles. How do you get around them? How do you deal with them? And so I'd really like to get this documentary done. I was trying to get it done this summer, but it was a bridge too far. I mean, sometimes uh, projects can come up short, but I can guarantee you that it, it won't be over for that project. You'll, you'll get the funding somewhere because it sounds like something that needs to be done. The, the survival aspect of how these immigrants are crossing that border and the perils that they have to face yeah. are a real thing and should be documented. So that's a, yeah. that's a great thing. Yeah, and, and we're talking not just the uh, natural elements that they got to face between the weather you know, the terrain, but they also have this human aspect of things that they got to deal with in terms of crim criminals, you know, what, what the cartels and, and, and some of these coyotes are doing to them. Yeah. And then, you know, they're just not treated very well. And, um, you know, and, and, and the other part of it is we don't know everybody that's crossing over, you know, we got probably bad actors coming across terrorists and whatever else. And all those drugs that are coming across, it's just not a good situation. And, I wanted to tell that story so that everybody's story could be told and all of it could be better understood. Not just the lopsided, one-sided part of it. You know, you can sit on whatever side of the political spectrum on this you want to sit. It affects us all no matter what. But I wanted to tell every the three-tier part of that was, you know, surviving the border. U.S. side, Mexican side, and everything in between. And... You know, so I've got a lot of aspirations as a producer and a filmmaker as well. So, you know, I'm just trying to leverage things I have to help make that happen. Hey, it, it's happening for you. It's happening. Now, um, you've been on many, many uh, excursions. Which was the toughest terrain that you have uh, ever bested? Um. As far as terrain goes, and if we're just talking naked and afraid, I mean, the Amazon's brutal. It's it's dangerous in every which way. Well, we're talking whole life experience. Okay. And, and you know, war is always ugly. So I'll just leave that one on the shelf. 
Um, but uh, I got to tell you, for me personally, I think deserts and, and there's people out there that, that thrive in deserts like crazy. I just particularly don't like them. I think deserts are absolutely, I mean, they're beautiful. I like playing in them. But, man, you get out there and you're the big threat for me is, is, is you know, if I like being able to drink. a lot. I drink a lot of water. Okay. I like staying hydrated. I mean, I can I can deal with not having a lot of water in my system. But, man, a desert makes it so much more difficult. You can go to the episode where me and Jeff were in Utah in the slot canyons. And, oh, my God, I would never have been so thirsty in my life as I was out there. And it was, you I know. Hate the heat too. Hmm. I hate the heat, too. I hate it. I mean, the heat's one thing. It's the dehydration factor and, and, and how fast you can go down being dehydrated. Uh, I watched my friend Jake Zweed. He went, uh, he was on the, uh, I think it was called the Skeleton Coast in Africa. He was on Dude, You're Screwed. Oh, the poor guy. I mean, watching him go through that, then he gets to the ocean and, and he sees all kinds of salt water. And, you know, you can, you can make salt water work for you, but it's not easy. If you don't have the right stuff, wow, it can be very right. difficult. But uh, I will say that, for me, a desert is not my favorite place to be. I won't say it's the worst terrain to go through, but not my favorite place. Would you do a Naked and Afraid Frozen? Absolutely. When they asked me, I said yes. They just decided to go a different direction. Uh, I am uh, Arctic survival trained by the Army, so I'm probably one of the very few cast members, if any, that's trained in Arctic survival. When I went to Alaska, Stephen and, and uh, Laura, you know, I was I just broke. And I mean, man, why can't I be there talking to them, help them out? Because I mean, they were they did well, you know, they got through it and. But, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy location. And I never poo-poo on anybody's adventure because I'm not there. And you don't know what people are going through. So you can't sit there on a couch and go, oh, I could do better. I could do this. That's my favorite thing in the world. If someone with a faceless avatar or they got their picture of their dog in there and they got a fake name and they think they can just come online and say whatever they want. Listen, I fought to defend your rights. And one of them is the right to freedom of speech. But don't confuse your freedom of speech for the freedom to be rude, insulting, or a dick. And we'll just leave it at that. Right, I mean, that stuff irritates the hell out of me. But uh, I would love to do a Frozen because uh, I have been trained in it, and I really would want to go out there and test those skills at that level. And, um, you know, I didn't get the call. I wished everybody well. And, um, you know, as I watched people do what they did with their shelters and their different things, um, even in the swamps where we knew we were going into the winter uh, and, and the production asked me, you know, what's going to help people get through this thing? Well, you can count on us to try and shoot down, shoot some deer or whatever. But hunting in the swamps is very difficult. And especially if it's around hunting season, those animals know what's up. So if, if we were allowed pelts. That will help. It's not an end all to be all, but your core body temperature and having a proper shelter that's sealed up, heated right, and keeping you warm is critical in a, in a cold weather situation. What would you? Uh, what 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 would some steps be to a person that gets lost in the wild and needs to survive the night? What, what would the five basic steps be for them? Okay, so if a person finds themselves lost in the wild or for whatever, and they got to survive just one night, the first thing that you have to do is it's about mindset. You have to stay mentally, you have to stay calm. You have to mentally focus yourself, and you have to make a plan. And that's when you start your assessment. So it's it's basically, all right, this is the situation. I accept it. I'm going to stay calm. I need to make a plan. I need to assess this situation. And the best thing, if you get lost or it's a plane crash or whatever, is to stay right where you're at because that's where people are going to come looking for you. And now I need to assess what supplies do I have around there. Do a pocket check. What do I have on me? What is around me? What did I get? What did I get stuck with? If, I, if you don't have anything, that sucks. But you have some things. Gather it all up. And and what can this stuff be used for? Then the next thing is you need to get a shelter going. So mindset, then shelter. You want to, you know, if you're not going anywhere, you got to 
quickly put up some kind of a shelter to protect your core body temperature. You want to try to make it waterproof. And if you have to trap heat because you're in a colder situation, like a debris hut or something, button it down so you can your body heat can hopefully try to warm that place up. So shelter is critical. Number three, if you can get a fire going some way, somehow, that's what you're going to want. And then collect up enough firewood to keep you going. And uh, when you pile up your firewood, if you look at it, you think, oh, I got enough, make it twice as high because you probably don't. And, uh, and you're going to want to have enough firewood to, to help keep yourself warm. And then you want to process water. If you have a water container, great. Find a water source. If it's raining, you might want to put out some kind of rain catches to keep water going in your system because you're going to be stressed. You'll dehydrate you faster. And uh, once you start getting dehydrated, your brain doesn't start making good decisions. And uh, for one night, you don't got to worry about food, you know. And then I would say, uh, so you got mindset, you got shelter, and you got your fire and your water going. The next thing is put out something that will help people find you. If you have like a, a contrasting colored sheet or a towel that's white, hang it up on a flag so people can see that. that doesn't, that's not natural in the forest or something. If you're in an area hoping that planes will come by, you know, put out an SOS. Make sure the color contrasts with the ground. And, and get some kind of signal out there so that if people are looking for you, they can find you. And then also, don't wander off. If you don't know direction sense, you can't figure out oh, which way to go. You know, you got to figure out that you can wait for that the next day. And then hopefully at night, maybe you've seen some lights off the ridge where you know there's a town. And you can maybe, I tell people, if you see some lights off in the distance, that's the only lights you see. Grab a stick and point it towards that direction because you won't see them in the morning. And then, you know, if you generally head in that direction, hopefully eventually you'll find those that what was ever making those lights. You'll listen for noise or whatever. But if it's super far away, chances are that straight line is going to get a little whacked. So, you know, and, and only head out if you're absolutely desperate that you know there's no hope. Do you Step travel somebody at night? Again. Do you travel, Do you travel at, at night, night in that scenario? <clears throat> no. Normally, no. And the reason I say people don't travel at night is because a lot of animals and predators are nocturnal and they're going to be out there. The bears come out, the cougars um, in other countries. It's worse. You know, in Africa, you got all kinds of problems. So traveling at night can be very hazardous, even if you have a flashlight and even if you're making all kinds of noise to try and scare stuff away. Um, the, but you got to flip that, too. Now, if you're in a desert situation. A lot of times the moon will come up and it'll look like daylight out there because there's not a lot of trees blocking anything. And if you're trying to make um, headway to a location that you might see in the day during the desert, it's very hot. At night, it's a lot cooler, better for travel. Uh, you just move a little bit slower, more cautious, and make take the precautions. You know, in a desert situation, let's say out southwest, there might be some snakes out and about. Normally, a rattlesnake's going to let you know you're going to hear the rattle. But if there's some other kind of a snake that doesn't have that alert system, that could be problematic. So you just got to – it goes down to risk versus reward in a lot of cases too. Is the reward worth the risk I'm taking? Make a good risk assessment, and then you go. I'm not saying you wouldn't normally there, – there are situations where you might consider traveling at night. But nine times out of ten, you're not going to travel at night. There you go. Survival tactics from the man himself. Uh, EJ, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it, it was an honor. I'm a fan, and I can't wait to see your other ventures take shape. Well, I appreciate it. Saying? I appreciate it. And again, go to ejsnyder.com, sign up with your email. The videos I put out there, you know, what's your life worth? People try to put prices on things. It's absolutely imperative. The ultimate bug in home defense will teach you how to be prepared for bad days, whether it's a hurricane, a nuke coming in there, war. And, you know, that particular video will help you get the, the bug in ready and teach you about defending your home in the process to protect those things. My survival and outdoor skills series will teach you the basics of survival. You can watch it at the leisure of your home. I teach it in little step-by-step -step methods so that I'm teaching you something about water. You can stop the video and you go out and you can practice it. And 
it's very easy to learn from. And again, it's invaluable. If you can't afford to go out and get a survival class, these videos will get you through it. My YouTube channel, Survive with EJ, will get you uh, the rest of it, where I put out little snippet videos and two tutorials and tips. Uh, a lot of videos on there about me just enjoying life sometimes, but levity is the uh, thing that keeps us in a survival situation. And sometimes life is a survival situation. So good mindset, a good attitude, and staying positive will get you through anything, whether you're facing a life-threatening illness, relationship issues, having struggles at school or work, uh, or dealing with a friend, you know, uh, you, you just have to have the right positive mindset. You get through anything in life. I'm living proof of it. Yes, you are. And you've made it so far with everything that you've done. I, I, it's been an amazing just watching the journey from behind the scenes. So I can't wait to see where your journey takes you next. I can't wait to read that book. I can't wait to see your survival videos, and I definitely can't wait to taste those pickles, sir. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Pickle Crusher coming with the Freedom Pickles to the store near you very soon. <laughs> All right, EJ, don't go nowhere. Let me close it out really fast. All right, Thank everybody out there, listen. Coming on. Take care of each other. Hold each other close. Make sure you tell those you love you love them. Stay positive. Plan, prepare, and survive on. Yeah. All right. Give them the EJ one more time. Yeah. EJSteady.com. Be there. Survive with EJ. <laughs> that was one of the best guests I've had so far, and it, it was an honor. I, I am a fan, and uh, it was great to have him on. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I told you we're going to always have a great guest for you every week tomorrow in the break room we're going to be talking about well we're going to be going in uh in the same pattern as our, our halloween theme's been going uh lately we're going to talk about uh, the warrens tomorrow so tune in and stay tuned for that again great episode tune into it on the archives make sure you play it out go to ejsnyder.com Get those courses. They're going to save your life one day. If they don't save your life, your knowledge can save somebody else's life. So be sure to get as much knowledge from this man as possible. He is a gem and the godfather of Naked and Afraid. Thank you again for gracing us. You guys have a great night. And remember, if you're going out camping and trying to survive, don't take your clothes off. Save that for the professionals. <laughs>